Dad Pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Does have a name? Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast: Misadventures in Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. And you're very welcome along to this week's Dadcast. All the dads are here. Dave is here. Hello. That's uh, where you say. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because the radio audience can't see you. Nathan, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Whoa, that was was that slow and deliberate just to freak me out because the line might not be working. <laughs> Adrian, how are you? I'm uh, okay. How's it going? Very good. Um, Dave, before Adrian's, we came on air, there, you Adrian's were... taking on the liquids. He's obviously feels he's he's in for a rocky forty-five minutes. He's hi <laughs> he's hydrating for what's to come. You were saying before we came on, Dave, that um, life is pretty good. All your excellent parenting is paying off. <laughs> Well, you get these phases, don't you? These periods of behavior from your children that you can struggle with. And then you get these periods where you just feel either they're just really great kids or you are an incredibly good parent. It's probably more of the former than it is the latter, but I'm going to take a little bit of credit for it. But you do get these little periods of time where they just, it's a golden period on the behavior scale. And they're just, the last couple of weeks, they've just been incredible. And, um, They've been more attentive and they've been far more polite with each other. And the older guy is helping out his little brother and he's speaking to him in a kind and affectionate tone. And they're going to bed on time and there isn't the usual row that we've become accustomed to. And we say five minutes, two minutes, one minute, right? TV off, guys, bedtime. In fact, the older guy has taken to looking at me in the eye when I say, all right, buddy, let's go. Gets up and turns off the TV himself. So we have this running joke whereby I'm so shocked, I clearly feel that he's having a stroke or something. So I start shouting for a doctor. And if, <laughs> if his mother is upstairs, I roar up the stairs, get an ambulance, somebody phone for an ambulance. There's something gravely wrong here. So everyone thinks that's totes hilarious. And um, it's, it's just a great time in the house at the moment because when the kids are in good form, everybody's in good form. Um, and I'm fully aware, as conscious as anybody that there is a limit to this. It's finite. So you have to enjoy every second of it. But right now, I, I've got the two best kids in the world. Come back to me tomorrow. Might be different. But for the moment, oh, speaking yeah. of the devil. We don't normally put you on mic, but just say hello to all the diecast listeners. Come on. <laughs> don't, don't lose your voice now. Just say hello to the diecast listeners. All you have to do is say hello. Well, you're no use to me, so off you go. <laughs> <laughs> As Dave loses the rag. <laughs> 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 so um yeah, that's that I think that was it it was a nice positive note I wanted to begin this week's podcast on because you know there can be some negativity when we chat as a quartet and you know we do tend to deliver the week's <laughs> news warts and all. Never I had I had a, a new father who's recently had twins say he was put on to the dog by uh, one of one of our friends, one of some mutual acquaintance, and he was like, "Yeah, let's get like twenty minutes of it." It was just too negative. Oh, I don't know which episode it was, but it was like, "Yeah, I'm not going you back." Take to your that. pick. Uh, we <laughs> well, if you've only recently <laughs> put him onto it, it's obviously one of the earlier ones because yeah, there was some negativity. Remember, we got didn't we get a couple of emails saying so at the time, and um, somebody yeah, talking about was, where we were was, going wrong. There was an iTunes review that suggested that we should never be allowed to have parents. Yes. We were never allowed to have kids because we were we didn't deserve to have kids because we were too negative. <laughs> I do. He must be that. he must be at an interesting point if he's if he's starting at start in Dave's character arc. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. at <laughs> that time before he became like a really good parent. Well, how long are we doing this? Three years. Okay. What? So no way. Can't be that long. Two, maybe two. I think we're doing this three years. Yeah, did I have, a, years since did we I have electric two payment. children or three children when this started? I, oh, you, you definitely had two. Had two. There was a, you you, you, you oh, were right. getting up the dust. Right. Well, then, yeah, it's nearly must be nearly three years. Wow. Oh yeah, because, yeah, that'll be right, Jam. My eldest is four in. Okay, hang on. I have the exact date. I have the exact date. Uh, September twenty eighteen. It is exactly two years today. This is second anniversary, kids. Okay, wow. so I had a I had a four year old and a one year old. Is it any any surprise? I was incredibly negative about life at the time. 
you know, they're much more much bigger now, and you can chat to them, and they're yeah, they're coming on nicely. So it's it's no surprise maybe that I was a bit negative at the time. That's well, uh, no issue with that. I, I agree with you. I think that there's definitely a, there's a turning point where you regain some semblance of you've you've done your ten thousand hours that they've been telescoped into like fifty, and uh, there's just a turning point where you're like, okay. Oh, I've been through this before. You're being a bit of an asshole now, but you won't always be an asshole. And remember, you will actually be nice and like me again. The younger guy, he still was not sleeping through the night at the time, even despite the fact that he was a couple of months short of his second birthday. So yes, maybe things were pretty negative. The kids have improved as well. Hey, (laughs) we uh, did very worrying development in this house. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Before you start on your story, because I know it's going to be a good one. This is just a quick, very quick question for Adrian, given that Dave. Given that Dave has made the, the bad dad jokes uh, a staple here, uh, given that your bad dad jokes are actually exactly how you go about life generally, like, do you make bad dad jokes to your children? Yeah, or oh, yeah. not been exposed to that? Yeah, they love okay, it. Okay. They love it. My wife goes, oh, for fuck's sake. And they go, they love it. They think it's unbelievable crack. So I, I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's one of the plus sides of parenting, that your kids think you're hilarious. They do now. Obviously, that'll disappear at some point. I, I had that interesting conversation sure today on the way to collect the second guy after I picked the older guy up at school. And he just took me by, by the hand as we were walking down the street. And I said to him, do you know what? I love holding your hand. And he said, Daddy, I'll always hold your hand. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you will not. You say that now. You say that now. But there will come a time. I don't know when it's going to be, but you will not want to hold my hand. That is the reason I love holding your hand so much right now, because I know sooner rather than later, this is going to be too uncool for you to participate in. Yeah, but too uncool for both of you at some point. Like, would you hold your <laughs> dad's hand? A 13-year-old walking down the street. <laughs> would, you, would you hold your dad's hand? Maybe, maybe we've all come... <laughs> maybe we've all come such, like, full circle on this now, but, like, because we're of an age, but, like, when you were 25... <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I did, when we were having this discussion, I did p- have a picture in my mind of me walking down the street holding my father's hand today. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a peculiar <laughs> picture I had in my mind. <laughs> it, it, it's gone full circle, though. You're holding his hand to make sure, you know, he just doesn't wander off onto the middle of the road or something. <laughs> True. Well, that, we're not quite at that, we're not quite at that stage yet, and hopefully not for a long time. But, um, it was interesting that he, he seemed shocked by the prospect of a time coming whereby this was not something he wanted to right. do. Right. Um, you actually had this, I thought this conversation was happening in your head. You actually no, no, it. just about an hour right. ago. Right. Yeah. And then, he, then maybe a little bit of realization set in. Because I said, I, 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 honest to God, I think maybe we might get another year out of this. Out of us holding hands together, walking down the streets. And that's why I'm loving every second of it now. And he said, yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll always give you hugs. So that was a nice way to end okay. it. That's and I said, yeah, that's true, because yeah. I still give my dad hugs. Well, I did before, you know, COVID-19 intervened. You're allowed, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, at least he, 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 there was some semblance of awareness that, you know, these days won't last forever. There is something beautiful about our generation having the confidence and, like, awareness to uh, be able to interact with your kids in that way. And I'm not saying it's unique to our generation and that it didn't exist before, but certainly I was struck by listening to Harry Crosby. He was on with that show that I can't remember the name of it. Meaning of Life. That's the one last night. And he was talking about his, his dad and of that generation. And it was like, that generation tend to have a lot of conversations about, um, it's not, look, it's not a universal rule, but it does seem to be, have been much more common for that generation where they would talk about particularly sons and their dads and how it wouldn't have been a particularly tactile relationship or it's not that it wouldn't have been loving, but you'd be far less inclined, it seems, in that generation to be able to have open conversations or talk about things, crazy things like loving each other. Um, And like, yeah, it definitely feels like um, it's a lovely thing, I think, for our generation, like to, to, even even with their own kids and then also to be able to like drive I've certainly found with that I you know certainly and and like maybe even pre having yeah definitely pre having kids but you can drive some of that uh, dynamic with your own parents or with your own dad as well um, which I've found to be a lovely thing I think we're very fortunate 
um, we're a very fortunate generation in some regards. I, I also am not sure if, <laughs> I'm not sure, like, does this thing go, like, just become cyclical to the point where the next generation then sort of go back a little bit the other way? I'm not sure. But, um, but it's a good time. The expectations have changed totally, though, because the expectations for that generation were to provide for your children, whereas the expectation now is to be part of your child's mm. life, which is brilliant for us. Absolutely. Like the thought of, and well, we've seen you can spend too much time at home, maybe over the last six months, but that you would just go to work at eight o'clock in the morning and <laughs> be back at eight o'clock at night. And <laughs> it, was, it was so close to saying something positive. <laughs> As in you, you yearn for those, you wish you were uh, born in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, most certainly not. Certainly not. I'm just saying, you know, with COVID, we've all spent a lot of time at home. A lot of time at home. Um, but yeah, no, I do think it is a, a brilliant thing that we get to, and it, it, and I, I'm wondering for parents of older kids, like when does it start to stop? Like my eldest lad is eight, and even still, I couldn't see him refusing a hug. Like, is it just one day, something, think of a switch and they're gone? And they don't want that? They're too cool for school? I, it, 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 the thought of it being a switch flicking dynamic frightens me. Surely that can't be the process. Is it not an almost So, so what do you do when they become a teenager? Process? Like, do you say when they become, and not the holding hands. Well, I suppose that's a, that, that's a thing that's definitely coming. The holding hands is going to finish at some stage. And no, maybe it is, is it just the- already for you? Oh, I, feel right, no? I, I wouldn't like here. I don't need to hold his hands walking into school or anything. But the odd time, you would find he would still hold your hand. So maybe it is just something that slowly but surely ends. But during those teenage years, do you intend to keep on hugging your child or do you give them a break for a little while and trust they'll come back to you when they're a little bit older? Wow. <laughs> what a question. What an excellent question. You're well, going to hug. You give them the You're opportunity. You're going to hug and always hug. Yeah. See, your eldest are girls. So they'll always be, you know, 13-year-old lad who's three inches taller than you. Get away from me, Dad. Uh, well, how often are you going to be looking for this hug? That's true. Like, I look for a hug at least probably double digit times a day. So you're definitely not going to be looking for that when he's 13. You need to pick your battles, pick your moments, and nail the one opportunity that you know is there for you as opposed to making a balls of it the other nine times. It also depends on what teenagers they become, doesn't it? Like, if they're, if they're off the rails... Like Kevin and Perry style teenagers, <laughs> you, you can probably forget about it. Whereas, like, they, I suppose they're not all got that direction. So, it just depends, doesn't it? Mm. It's depressing. But you know, you know what's coming, so you just have to yeah. deal with it. At least you've got years to prepare yourself for its eventuality, and I, it, it also could... makes you cherish the way things are now that bit more. We always do tend to talk about the teenage years and I'm the furthest away than Ollie is, so maybe I can very much long finger it, but uh, as like all of our kids becoming Kevin and Perry, like we've, no, we've never allowed any room on the podcast for the, for the, for the possibility that they might just be like an even-tempered teenager. But is there not the Kevin and Perry, uh, a little bit of that in every teenager? Is that not a gene that emerges as a teenager? It's a, I don't know. they've got to go through that. The rebellious years and you are no longer cool and you're no longer mm. relevant. You're just the person who opens the wallet every so often. And uh, there is a time where you become almost as useless in the household as you felt you were during the first few weeks of their life. Yeah. That part of your fatherhood experience is probably cyclical you go back to the very start when your child was zero to 20 weeks old you were there to keep the house tidy provide a little bit of cash every so often a uh, shoulder to cry on and when they're 13 maybe it might be something very similar yeah, that's a good point is that like does the stress of the teenage years match up with the stress of the first three months where you know, you're going in every two minutes to look in the car at home. Is that that sort of, you're actually not sleeping well at night because there's this constant concern of what could go horribly wrong? I'm dreading it. I, it, it 
from like it's I, I would think it's a at least with when they're like tiny babies there are lovely moments of when you go in and you're panicked are they breathing and then you actually realize they are and there's lovely moments of closeness it doesn't seem like when you end up with kevin and perry living in your house that uh that like you get very much of that and also jesus christ like i can't imagine the i would i in my in my sort of worst case scenario stroke likelihood here in some point in like 10 years time there is there are sleepless nights and there's like but what you're powerless to do anything about it like really as opposed to they're sort of asleep next door and I can go in and make sure everything's all right. Like your yeah. kids are out prowling the prowling the streets, Nathan, taking into houses, smoking all sorts of drugs. Like Well, there's the waking up at six AM and tiptoeing down the landing and looking into the room and you find the bed has yet to be slept in. Oof. And normally where you might sit down with your wife on a Saturday evening to watch a movie and you'll drink a few beers. You're drinking tea just in case you get a call at 4 a.m. to, Dad, I'm stuck. There's no taxis. It's Christmas week. Mm. The queue for the taxis is up the road. There's no night link. Can you come in and get me? Those phone calls. So which is better as a parent? To sit at home waiting for the call or to maybe also be out on the town that night <laughs> and just go home together and have that sort of bond with your child? That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? That kind of collegiality where... <laughs> yeah. Like I, I mentioned before, remember that was, Jesus, ages ago now, about the guy I knew in college who had this unbelievable relationship with his dad, who was basically his best mate. That's the one I always hold up as, there's a possibility it could be that. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck all chance that could be that, obviously, but <laughs> wouldn't it be lovely? What, were, yeah. were, was his father very young when, when they had him? Uh, I have no idea. No idea, Dave. I presume, I presume so, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about very young, but I presume... I suspected he wasn't an owlad, owlad. Because you're an owlad, owlad. Big time, definitely. <laughs> no, you're 100% right, like, definitely. Definitely. Like, like, no, no way I'm going to be out of the town with my fella. I mean, I'm going to be in well, my late 50s. Well, late 50s is young these days. Oh, yeah. Not young to an 18-year-old, though. A boozy owlad, definitely. I'm looking forward to that being a busy outlet. Okay, 24. Yeah, and I, I actually really mean that. Like it's. 24. What age? Huh? Yeah. Well, what age are you going to be when, when your kid's 24? You'll be able to go and do stuff. I'll be 54 when my eldest is 24. You'll be going on holiday, so I'll be with them, Nathan. Great. <laughs> <laughs> leaving, at, leaving at 10 p.m. Just the club is getting. You might going. be able to go away for golf weekends. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the dream, isn't it? Like that's as good as it would get. Like I think that's as. You had, our our yeah, expectations you your, low. You had your kids young. Yes. Which or, uh, or having holidays with them and your grandparents? They'll be. Oof. Dear God, I can't be thinking about that just yet. But maybe you're right, Nathan. If you approach this period in your life with zero expectations. <laughs> Everything is a bonus. No, there's no room for being let down. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't even think about it except when I'm on this call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've thought, about, I've thought about this period many times. I do. And I don't, I don't want to lose sleep over stuff over which I have absolutely no control. But I do think about those things where what will it be like in 10 years' time when there's a chance they've absolutely no interest in you. Like, I mm. come home now... And the younger guy sprints out to the front door and jumps into my arms. You know, those, that, those days will go and they'll never come back. And I just remember when we were in our teens and my dad would come home from work and we'd just grunt at him. He got no love. I'm, I'm, it's only now that we're approaching, well, a little bit down the road, but we're not a million miles from, from that period in our lives where I'm starting to consider his feelings at the time. <laughs> and understand, you know, I, my work setup is a little different to the one my dad's was because he was gone all day and he'd come in wrecked, I'm sure, probably stressed. And he'd come into his three teenage children who he hadn't seen since that morning. And he's standing in the doorway of the TV room. And if he gets a grunt, it's a bonus. So how must that have felt? Grange Hill, Dave, was it? What were you watching? Grange Hill. I don't know. We're probably, um, yeah... 
I don't know what would have been on at six o'clock. Joe, Joe Maxi. I can't remember. <laughs> but it can't have been great for him. Yeah, I, I, even at that age, I assume you look forward to seeing your children when you get home from work and then they offer you nothing. Yeah, sitting up in your room listening to music for four hours. Yeah, yeah although it would have had to be on a tape deck. <laughs> <laughs> listening to music. <laughs> That's Three hours and 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but don't come in. This Nirvana cover is not suitable. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Jared, and the other two of you. What can? You, what are your memories of your dad returning home from work on a Wednesday evening? We'd be uh, we'd be straight in the car and out to the golf club to play nine holes golf. Uh, I was a primary school teacher. I was like, let's go. Um, I no, honestly, I, like I don't know. My uh, both my sisters had gone to college when I was like 13. So I had to house myself as a teenager. Um, and I played golf and I played. I was a fairly disciplined at some point during the whole time, but I don't really remember that too much because it was like, well, life's pretty good, you know? I've got my own room. We have the country. I cycle in at school. There wasn't like, there was no social media. So whatever pressures you had were mostly, I mean, I say this now, probably they were hell at the time, but I don't remember being hell. I remember being uh, decent and mostly having a relatively good relationship. Although, like that, like you'd be stuck in watching TV, but like TV, we had two channels. It was so shit, you know? Mm. It helps, <laughs> I think, if, if TV is really shit, which is never going to be an, an opportunity for our kids because like flicking through Netflix, there's six million mm. things. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, there was five kids in our house, but like not, um, my eldest sister is like 11 years older than I am, so, and she went to boarding school, so she was long gone. Uh, but I'd say by the time I arrived, because I'm the youngest, they were just so fucking fatigued with the whole thing. They were like, listen, you just get about whatever it is you want to do and away with you. I'd say there was a huge element of that. They were both um, like self-employed, so there would have been like not a lot of time for, um, the touchy-feely stuff and definitely like was Nathan mentioned earlier on the 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. like it would have been 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. and um, and that's the way it was but like I do you never felt like when funny when I, I definitely so that stuff resonates with like the old man coming in and being like so knackered and like Dave says then on the other side you're there anyway and you're watching tv or you're doing whatever you have no interest regardless if me or my old man came in the door and was like oh let's hug it out you'd have been like oh listen don't worry about it but at the same time <laughs> at the times where he was available where he was around like at the weekends and stuff particularly like in a Saturday afternoon and into Sunday like all I can remember has been sort of dragged off to matches or running meets or like going to do stuff so there was de- so I suppose what I'm saying is I could definitely see that he was interested in trying to be involved but at the same time life gets in the way yeah this is my what I'm talking about is purely a, a weekday experience Monday to Thursday yeah um I can't really yeah. like I know again my when I was a kid my dad wouldn't have been well, like when I was very young would have been working very long hours but when I was a teenager he'd sort of changed and was playing a lot of music at night and things like that so was always around I was involved in everything so like coached all the soccer teams and coached my team and like teams three ages up and three years below so I would like go to all these matches and would be literally I'd say I spent half my life in the car with him when I was a teenager so it was actually great because I had no choice but to talk to him now a lot of it was just about it was nothing overly deep and meaningful Football. Uh, but it was just football and what we were at or what we were going to or you know he played music I listened up to four hours of music in the evening <laughs> um, um, <laughs> sweating like Christy Morrow you're doing it to be yeah so it was yeah it was imagine very that, normal imagine that by the time I'm 40 how many All-Irelands may all have won oh. it was weird because because he was like so involved in the soccer side of it like all my friends had a probably slightly different relationship than I had with their parents because they would have seen so much of him and he would have always been around to bring them to games and all of that so he was always just kind of there part of it whereas like when I think back there's lots of my mates whose fathers I would never see 
you know, the odd time, if you're out in their house at night, you might run into them, but you just never see them. So it's hard to get, I can't imagine, well, maybe, will I have that sort of relationship with my kids? I'd like to think so. But it's a different thing now, living in the city compared to living in the country back then. Yeah. And I did, was it Dave that said earlier, oh, no, whatever it was, like the, that, um, like, I, it just struck me there as you were chatting, like, would you, would you ask your old man, like, do you regret doing all that stuff? But uh, Doing all which stuff? Like, the like work. working all. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, but well, like, what, what was the alternative? Was, exactly. There wasn't, there just wasn't one. Like, that was the was importance of providing. Yeah. It was, it, was mm. just the way, it was just the way it was. And um, also, that was just how parenting was done, wasn't it? You know, the, mm. just the, the dad wasn't there nearly as much. Like, we are in a really privileged position, particularly as journalists, because the hours are so, um, they're not routine in comparison to a lot of jobs. So you can be here for much of the day and then maybe gone at night. And it's better to be gone at night, which is the case for me most often, because you're there with them during the day and mommy just puts them to bed and you're there for them when they wake up the next morning. So they don't really miss you at all. If they're getting tucked in at eight o'clock, there's very little for them to miss. So I, I, I often would have thought working at night isn't great because you're not there at bedtime, but being there during the day is much better. And it's great being able to bring them to school and pick them up. And I just said to the little fellow on the way in this morning, that going in on the scooters is the, one of the favorite parts of my day because it's just such crack. The three of us pegging it down the street on this, well, they're on scooters. I'm trying to keep up with them and trying to prevent them from... Get yourself a scooter, Dave. Well, the problem is I tend to have to carry at least one of them back up the road as well. Uh, yeah. So I'd only end yeah. up having to carry my own. But you're obviously trying to stop them scooting into onrushing traffic, which is also always on your mind. But it's great fun. It's a great part of the day. Um, there will be a point in the very near future where they do not want to be walked and scooted into school and they just want to walk themselves with their mates who they'll meet at the street corner and there will be no role left for us in that. Another part of the day generally that you enjoy that's going to go. <laughs> but the positive side of it is that if you think it's not great right now make sure you're enjoying it not taking it. Okay, okay. I was wondering where the positive side was coming from but we got there in the end. Um, so we're doing mini leagues, they're back and everybody's up and everybody was, all the parents were masked this week and uh, it's all going very well. Um, I'm kind of stood in between. So there's a five-year-old this way and the four-year-old this way. I stood in the same place for too long to the point where somebody came along with, oh, you've got two kids. I mean, you know, I was a couple of volunteers. I was like, I, I fully intend to volunteer. I will, Absolutely. I just need to make sure that they're both going to be reliable so that when we arrive, I can go, off you go, and off you go. And uh, while I was talking, the uh, the little one disappeared. Just oh, disappeared. No. Like, literally, possibly just... put on somebody else's helmet. Like, not quite spontaneous combustion X-Files <laughs> disappeared, but uh, I, I could no longer see him. Like, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, was he part of the mini leagues? Was, was, was he training himself? Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd run over, grand, and then I'd looked over and he was lying on the ground like he was sunbathing in the middle of it. <laughs> People were running moment. around him. <laughs> People were running around him. He might have got stood on the head at one point. I was like, that's not great. Maybe I should go over, but... I, I parents around you, like, parents uh, around you, murmuring, going, "Who's whose kid is that?" And you're like, "I don't know." No, <laughs> no, it's too far away. No, luckily they couldn't notice. Um, and <laughs> eventually, anyway, I'm like peering over the distance, and they're all wearing blue and white helmets. I'm like, "That's not like he wouldn't have just borrowed a helmet, would he?" He might have, in which case, I'm sure it'll be fine. Sure, where can he really go? And next thing, a woman comes over holding him, going, I'm, he was around the corner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm, I'm within my rights not to volunteer just yet. It'll, like, it's until, I can, until I can actually trust them to do the activity that we're here to do. What's the volunteering about? And until he won't run off. Oh, coaching. Coaching. So like this is the start of the Jose Mourinho career, Joe, that you're, you're putting off. Do, do we, uh, am, I, 
I might be one of the things that believes that once I get into this coaching thing, that I could be headed down a whole new route. It'll become oh, a yeah. No, career. it's the dream. That's why I do um, co-manage my son's under eight team. We only had one my match. Old, and then good my old tradition. And then lockdown. We went down to Kildare, Jair, played Celebridge, who are somehow in the Dublin League because clearly it's obviously pretty much in Dublin. Um, showed them a thing or two. Uh, and then the whole then the whole thing was postponed for three weeks, which is massively disappointing. But we were so we have because I managed the manage I say the youngest lads team, and then the eldest lad is only a year older, and they play at the same time. But I don't go near his team because I just annoy him when I'm around. So the younger lad is mad keen to have me involved, whereas the older lad just starts messing if I'm watching him. So it's worked out quite well. So he just goes off and does his own thing, and I say, "Well done, I spotted you from afar, doing brilliantly." But absolutely, part of me is thinking. I wonder if we were to quickly move up through the ranks, like under 10, <laughs> under 12, like, and we started doing a few coaching badges. Maybe we could take it to another level. Where does it end? Somebody, we, when you say we, three, you mean the Royal three of, yeah. No, there's three of us. There's myself and um, two of the other parents who manage, uh, manage the under eights. Uh, but the other time we were talking about this, like, it's great. It's a very small club. And there's like 14 of them at the moment. They're like, I oh, wouldn't be brilliant if I were like 14 or 15. There's still like 10 of them together. Still playing. It'll just be class. Moving slightly up all the time. Like the Lisbon Lions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All local boys. Yeah. Who's your rest. League of Ireland club then that you'll be the manager of slash owner of? Ah, don't know. Don't know. There's any amount of them in Dublin, isn't there? Shamrock Rovers is my local one. I presume the likelihood right. here is, Nathan, that there'll be some scouts down looking at the uh, kids playing and they'll spot you and they'll say, woof. I, I'd imagine. <laughs> like, I didn't see this guy on the sideline. <laughs> he, he is the... He's the brains of the operation. Nowadays, nowadays, when Nathan goes to his room to listen to music for four hours, he's actually daydreaming about getting spotted on the, yeah. the sidelines by well, like, three hours, I'm leaving, the house, I'm leaving the house by, on, a, on a Sunday morning. My wife's like, why are you wearing a suit? It's like, well. Match day. Somebody's got to look to business. Uh, you're, one of the, you're the kind of lad who used to wear a suit on cup final day playing championship manager. Championship manager, just... yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we had an unfortunate episode a couple of weeks ago whereby I was coaching, but he wasn't there. Um, I felt like a bit of an imposter for the hour. It was just one of those days, fortunately, where, you know, the mood didn't take him. But all the kids of that age group are there playing and I'm coaching and running the drills. <clears throat> but um, I didn't actually have a child on the pitch. Wow, is this a GA? Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's pretty that's good commitment on your part. Yeah, well I felt Or was it punishment? No. <laughs> no, I was hoping that once we got there, you know, my minds might have been changed, but that wasn't the case. But um there was oh, so we came with you and just watched. Yeah. Right. But but then I think every it's every kid like this. You just they just, it just depends on what time of the bed they got out on. The following week he was flying through it and absolutely loved it. You just have to Roll with the weeks that aren't so great and then enjoy the ones that are good. But it did give me a quick insight into what it would be like to actually coach a team of which you have no connection to it in terms of the players. <laughs> and I didn't really like it. <laughs> oh, you weren't being paid, Dave. No, well, he <laughs> yeah. uh, at what stage do you think you're going to be paid, Nathan? <laughs> Five weeks, six weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I will, I, if, I ca if I can, I will coach the team, yes. Um, how well I don't know and I don't really know where to begin with it but if I have the time I'll definitely be one of those parents that are you know sending the texts and arranging the transport and speaking to the referees and all that really enjoyable stuff yeah I just want to make sure that my kid's not going to run away that's like that's my first uh, ambition and once that's once that mountain has been climbed it's like an excuse to me Jer. Oh, was there panic? Let somebody, there panic. somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. It's fine, Jer. You relax yourself on a Saturday morning. Get yourself a cup of coffee. Sit back and relax. You think that's relaxing? You think that's like the two of them at different ends of the pitch? You've got a queue separately for the boys and the girls. So I've got to send my five-year-old girl to queue on her own. And obviously, social distance queue. So we did that. And then I went down to check on her and she wasn't there. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> She was still in the queue. I went back to check the queue twice, but I'd managed to miss her both times. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, a relatively stressful. Um, but other than that, you know, 
it's good to get them out and get some activity. You think you're going to become a coach, Adrian? Is that it? Like that's your and is it um, actually what you secretly? I can't wait to. I can't wait to, to give it a go. Yeah, I can't wait to give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm Are not saying, doing any... saying that I, I'll become the next Ralph Hasenhüttl, but I mean, I think there's a chance. Why was he the manager you picked out? Yeah. I, he was the manager who jumped to mind when you were talking about not having a connection with the club. I was like, if Ralph Hasenhüttl can do it. Dave, you can you can do it too. <laughs> it's an option open to us all. <laughs> um, I know. I I'm. Uh, you hear the stories, don't you, about the the mad the, the lunatics like, um, who do believe they are the next Jose Mourinho, the next incarnation, and this is going to be their route into. <laughs> Nathan's nodding along. I think we're all looking. I know at some of them. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're all like looking at you, going, "Yeah, yeah, me, no um, chance." I'm all about the participation. So you will ensure that the weakest of the squad get as much game time as the supposedly strongest? Yeah, well, it, I think at under eights, you have no choice. Absolutely. I have a big problem with the elitist nature of underage soccer in general uh, in Dublin. And I guess the GEA has the same way quite early. Like the amount of clubs who are splitting kids up at an incredibly young age based on their talent is insane. How are you? On? Um, maybe I'll do a bit of research into it and to have my definite facts for next week before I go on <laughs> all the anecdotal evidence I've heard. But I think uh, eight, nine-year-olds will be split up according to uh, the quality that they have shown, which would mean that you may have gone to football with your mate, but if your mate's a good bit better than you, mm. he might be in one team and you might be in another team. And, well, tough luck. That is very early to be told that you're not up to the grade. What age should it happen? No, even like they have an under, thir under 13 uh, League of Ireland starting, uh, which is an elite, which is the League of Ireland teams, yeah. the best academy players. Like, I would say that's nearly too young. Yes, come up with some sort of a system where people can get together and maybe train together. But if you're, so say your local team, your local League of Ireland team has an 18-man squad and you're 12 and you're the 19th best player and you don't make that squad mm. and you have to go back to your club, do you say, do you have the wherewithal at 12 to go, you know what, I'm the, if I keep going, if I keep fighting, I'll force my way yeah. in? Or do you go, well, wait a second, all these lads I've spent the last five, six years playing with who are same level as me have got to go somewhere really good and get really well looked after and I don't. What does that say to you? But just to play devil's advocate there, like if you are, what's the ambition at the end of this is to like get, obviously there's the participation, like after your health, like blah, blah, blah stuff. But like the, obviously at some point or another, it's like about creating the next layer of Lionel Messi. And you're not going to get those players if it's like, how did you become so great? Well, I stayed back with all the like lads who could barely kick a ball until I was 15. And then um, I got hothoused for a couple of years. Like there's obviously a point at which you need to, like, if you're trying to, I don't know, it depends on what the end goal is. Like, if you're talking about an under-13 League of Ireland, there's clearly only one objective at that. Well, what is the end goal? Like, that is um, probably something we don't talk about a huge amount because we are all about the elite level on, uh, when we're discussing football. And where is the next, you know, Robbie Keane or Damien Duff? And what can we do? Whatever it takes mm. to create that player. Rather than, well, how many kids are still playing football at 16 compared to starting when they're eight? And why is there such a drop-off? What are the reasons? And is this going to increase the drop-off by having this level of elitism at a very young age? Like 12, 13 seems insane. Now, it's a for anyone listening who's not from Ireland, there's a whole other insane system whereby there is no under-14 league. <laughs> so you go back again to your what? local club at under-14. What, what's the rationale? Uh, that I think, don't think they can afford, basically, to have one ah, right still. now at every level. And that brings all sorts of complications. And certain clubs don't want the players coming back. If you've gone off to your League of Ireland club for under 13, they don't want you back when you're an under 14 because they've got other players there. Uh, so it's all a bit mad. But my, my, my main thing is, uh, and I probably wouldn't, not everyone would agree, it, like they're, they're under eight at the moment. So everyone has to get yeah. pretty much the same amount of game time. And there is, like already, looking at the under eights we have, like, you would get enormous satisfaction from watching the quiet lads get a little bit more confident over the space of four or five weeks and just getting better and better. So there's no reason in three years why they you know, can't be as good as anybody else if you give them the time. How do you know how to coach? I don't. <laughs> uh, 
there's obviously so what do you do? Courses, how do you so set which a we're going to be so which we're going to be uh, look at stuff online keep it fairly basic um, trying what do they enjoy doing try and just keep it as fun as possible not have all just games um, as many footballs you can get so they're all getting as much time with the football but basically at the moment just looking online now there are courses and which we're going to be doing over the coming weeks and months that will sort of advise you on the best way of actual drills and things like that. But I think at that stage, it's like at that stage again, at eight, it's I'm sure by the time to get 10, 11, you need to be up in it a little bit, but you just want to be having a bit of crack. I want to come back next week. Yeah. We were chatting about this um, on Saturday. The drills mean people are standing around the games, at least the small side of games where it's like three or four sides. They're always chasing the ball. and They're always kind of a function to it. And they're always picking up skills. Well, I think that's been the big change, though, in coaching over the last few years is that it's more small-sided games than the... Everybody line up and you'll take a shot after the 10 guys in front of you take a shot and they go back again. So, actually, people have the equipment. But I I, uh, give a bit of a hand down in the GA club as well on a Saturday. And it's like... I I don't know how you find the hurling side of it. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, these seven-year-olds are teaching me how to play hurling. So, for that, I just stay out of the way. I, I can do more harm than good. (laughs) <laughs> what about you Dave are you taking you said you're putting out cones and doing sessions yeah I wouldn't come up with the drills but once the drills are in place that you would run them then um, and sometimes Nathan's right you, there is a balance between the, short, the sh- shortened games and the, the three or four players aside games and the drills I mean for the drills they need to be in small groups so that whatever the actual exercise is it's being done three or four times a minute and you don't have kids particularly at the age I'm talking about five and six if they get 30 seconds at the back of a line and they're standing beside (laughs) their friend you've lost them totally that's when the wrestling starts it's when the pushing and messing (laughs) and jocking and rolling and odd knows what else starts and then frustrations start to, you know, become evident as people are looking over and go, well, why, why is that happening? And this, the, you've lost control of this drill and they're not learning anything here and they're bored and they might, what not, might not want to come back next week. But equally, you do get kids that having them actually on the field is the achievement for the day. And the fact that they are smiling and having fun in whatever it is they're doing, even if they're ignoring whatever the drill is, as long as they want to come back next week, you've won the battle certainly 50% of it. Um, and so we, I'd be very wary of kids that are either too exuberant or too quiet and not really paying much attention to you or paying attention to whatever the drill is because they're five years old. Like, who cares? As long mm. as they're out of their house and they're in the sunshine and they're running around the field and they're burning a few calories and they're seeing their pals. And even that means rolling around in the astro for a couple of minutes. So what? It's not a big deal. I wouldn't be worrying about that kind of thing for a long time. I just delight in seeing, you know, the vista of 180 kids on a pitch split out amongst their various age groups, 30 or 40 coaches there. Generally, everybody enjoying the fact that they're outside. And because one guy has been maybe there for a couple of years or a little girl has been there for a couple of years and doesn't, still doesn't really know how to kick the ball properly, so what? She's there every week. That's all that matters. I think some people lose sight of what matters. And the important part is that you don't lose them to the sport at under six, that they're still there at under nine and under 10. And we know some children are incredibly late developers and some will not develop a real genuine interest in whatever the sport happens to be for quite some time. But if you haven't been able to get them down there for years, well, you won't see them when they're a little bit older. Anyone's any advice, any good places to get tips on coaching that aren't the, uh, the official FAIGA routes because I think everyone ends up on those paths anyways. Do let us know. Yeah, I, we I think it's used to play. Um... Very difficult. Go on. We a lot used to play in our age team, and like obviously when you're like we're saying sort of under 10, 12, 14, you're playing all playing every sort of sport, and so you'd have. Some fellows would kind of come and go, but whenever they come back in, they'd be straight into the team. And we'd a lot of used to turn up for training every single night without fail. Hail, rain, whatever was going on, he'd be there. Like so much so, we used to, we got to call him Dedication was his nickname. But he never uh, he never got a look in. Dedication. Like, he never, <laughs> he never got a look. He never got a look in. 
poor fella. Like, it was awful looking back. Like, absolutely awful. Imagine how soul-destroying it was for that poor fella looking back. But at the but time... There was, there was clearly something about the environment in which he was in when he did come in that made him want to go back. Unless he's been but kicked it, out the door by Adrian, his parents. Adrian, you put together a great career in sports journalism, so it, it's hey. not all bad. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was only, I was, if, if I was a step ahead of him, it wasn't by many. <laughs> but yet he turned up every week. Uh, so can't, I, I, I couldn't can't say that. that I, I couldn't say that. I don't know. We'll have to get him on some week. I couldn't tell you what was going on, but like it wasn't that he was turning up and he was the life and soul of the place and like really enthusiastically enjoying himself. I he didn't really do many of the other sports. I don't know. Um, like it wasn't, people weren't like, there was no sort of bullying or like taking the piss out of him or anything. I mean, apart from the fact that his nickname was But what a hard, like, Jesus, it was an awful time. Like, put him in the team, give him a game, like, let him start for some of these lads who are off doing other stuff. Terrible. Been real insight on what the future of coaching in Irish sport is going to be over these last 20 minutes or so. I back yeah. Nathan to, to, to be the most successful. Ralph Hassanhutl. Ralph Hassanhutl, that's, that's the aim. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Take down a pick... few of the big guns by the time he gets under 12. <laughs> you've got to pick one's board because you're going to be doing it for a long time now. Oh, well, all right. Like, Jesus, the weekends are like Friday evening, soccer training, Saturday morning, GA training, Sunday morning, soccer training. Let me remind you of the very conversation that we were having during lockdown. It was like, oh, this is great. We're not, um, we're not going well, back we have, to that. We have. We cut back yeah. on uh, a good, the stuff midweek, a lot of the stuff midweek. But also when, this, when it's not on and like some of them have been off because of the latest lockdown at times, you're like, geez, the days can be a bit long. The lads kind of wrecks them out good and early. Yeah, Saturdays are great. GA followed by soccer, followed by swimming. You get to four o'clock and they're Oof. absolutely wiped out. Jeez, I'd imagine you, so. And, and you don't really have to do anything else for the rest of the day. That is great. Yeah, soccer's gone now for, well, until Dublin comes out of level three, it's gone. Swimming is gone. Um, the GA seem to have been able to keep the show on the road, which is great. And everything seems to be done to the protocols and it, it seems very safe at the moment. <laughs> but, um, and if it wasn't, you wouldn't say. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, we're really, really the entire parent population of uh, yeah. County Dublin. Really yeah, not... Because the uh, GA stopped and the soccer has continued. <laughs> If your kids are a bit older, it's then down at the very low academy nice. level. It um, it seems to have been suspended. Yeah, Jerry, I would I would not be risk averse when it comes to getting the kids out of the house. I'm I would, I'd be perfectly happy to take on some COVID nineteen risks if it means they're out in the fresh air for an hour and they run around the place and they're seeing the friends they would only alternatively see in the school week. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I look. You will, I'll, I'll, be, I'll go to wherever I'm required for as long as I can. It's when they maybe step away from the team sports and start looking at more individual sports, which is possible as well. Then you really become nothing more than a taxi driver, which is fair, which is fine too. But it's, um, we've read an awful lot of um, stuff like involving Gary O'Toole over the last, and listened to stuff involving Gary O'Toole over the last couple of weeks. And it, I've heard a lot of references to like the 5.30 a.m. start. That frightens me. Like the prospect. Oh no, my kids are definitely not going to be swi <laughs> professional swimmers or elite swimmers. It's a, oh. for many reasons, a definite, definite, no, no. Imagine golf. When yourself. they get to 13, 14, then they can get into golf and then we're all laughing. And then we've gone full circle here. Here's our way to hang out with our kids for a few hours. Oh, that is day. the dream. Manship, Nathan. This is, this is what you're thinking. Oh no, I brought my kids to the driving range. Um, but funnily enough, one of my, my eldest lad went on a play date uh, with his friends about 18 months ago. Um, and he, for some reason he brought them to the driving range just to see how they get on. And my eldest lad now wouldn't be the sportiest and was struggling with the old hitting the ball until he was stood behind the other kid. And uh, it turned out with the ball sort of rolling along the path, he could hit it pretty flush straight into the other kid's head. <laughs> So, fair play to the dad who brought them. He didn't mention it for about three months. <laughs> Why bring it up then? I don't know. I don't know. But I pass. brought them. I brought them, to, uh, I brought them down to Peter Laurie's place down in Spawell about six months ago. And I was like, me trying to teach anybody to play golf is a bit ridiculous to start with. And Brenda McDade, who runs like the summer kids camps down there, was watching me. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm trying to get him to stand right so he'd hit the ball. Like, has he ever hit a ball before? And I was like, no. 
So we'll just let him mess around. As long as he doesn't kill anyone. So he's never going to want to come back here again if you're just going to be telling him what to do for the last six, half an hour. I was like, yeah, that's good advice, actually, yeah. Good Does that advice. work with football? Does that work with football? Because, like, I'm trying to teach the kids how to kick, and I'm like, no, your planted foot kind of needs to be beside the ball. And it's like, you can't just keep toe-poking it. But it is that whole thing of, again, trying to keep that connection of, is it going to put them off wanting to do it again if this is a time when my dad is getting angry with me? Mm. If it's I'm a lecture. Not angry. Yeah, it's not getting angry. It's like just this... this. <laughs> not getting angry. Going no, this is getting angry. to do. You're going to enjoy it better if you can do it. Yeah. We'll all have a far better time than we just do what I You are ruining my enjoyment. Wow. <laughs> What is your problem? I've shown you five times now. Are you stupid? <laughs> yeah, Dad, I don't think I'm going to come back next week. Yeah. <laughs> How long does it take oh, you to work that one out? I'm happy <laughs> enough for them just to boot the ball whatever way they want. Hop the ball yeah, with both hands if you want. Solo it by just touching it off your toe if you want. Pick the ball off the ground if you want. I don't care. They're five years old. So let them out there and do whatever the hell they want. And then if they want to take it a bit more seriously down the line, another two or three years down the line, that's fair enough too. But I think there are going to be, there are too many children lost to sport at a very young age because they just aren't allowed to be themselves. Right. Um, I didn't start playing soccer until under eight. Didn't start playing GA, I'd say, until at least under eight, under nine. So things happen far earlier now. The academy system nowadays. all sports... Huh? Look at me now, yeah. The academy <laughs> system in these other sports. <laughs> but the point Are you not being... like famously bad at uh, both soccer and GA playing? Oof. Are you not like oh, the ultimate game? I wouldn't <laughs> I was famously bad at that. No. <laughs> famously bad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't realize everybody had been talking about him behind his back. Turns out, I would have thought that if I if I was taking the joint out and both codes, it wasn't something that would have been overly newsworthy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, right. anyway, I I, I have to go. I've just okay, okay, I've okay. just been given the look by the person who's actually on duty in the house today. <laughs> And I need to go. Okay. On that note, uh, my thanks to all the dads, to Dave, to Nathan, to Adrian, as ever. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can email us dadcast at offtheball.com. And of course, a reminder that every episode of Dadcast these days is brought to you in association with the new Cadbury's Fredo Treasures. Uh, these are something that we highly recommend. <laughs> Cadbury's Fredo Treasures are treat-wise. <laughs> Only 76 I thought, calories. I thought that's the one thing in, you're not meant to in, do. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, did we get into that today? We still never got the old hamper of uh, free Freddos into the office, or did somebody eat them all? Jer, the only person who's in there. Well, no, it wasn't me. Uh, discover the new Freddo Treasures of the Space series with Cadbury Dairyman buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. And stay tuned to our social channels because we've been giving away vouchers courtesy of our friends at Cadbury's for the uh, Freddo Treasures in the new Space series. We'll see you next week. Take care. Dadcast, Misadventures in Parenting. Brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasure Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. <laughs>